Welcome to Pragmatic Live, a podcast created to help you succeed, especially if you create or market or price innovative products. I'm Mark Stiving, a pragmatic marketing instructor and a pricing expert, at least in my own mind. Uh, today, I'm joined by Alan Albert. Uh, I first saw Alan a couple months ago at the Vancouver Product Camp. He proposed and presented a session on pricing. And I was in that, I was in the event thinking, how dare anybody else talk about my topic? So I went in and stood in the back of the room. It was completely packed. I stayed the entire hour. And during that time, Alan didn't say a single thing I disagreed with. So Alan, either we're both brilliant or we're both wrong. But welcome to the podcast, Alan. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. It's great to be here on Pragmatic Live. I appreciate it. Um, so, so first, how did you learn about pricing? Because so many people don't understand pricing. And I was shocked that you could do an hour worth of material and not, not make mistakes. <laughs> well, th well, thank you very much. Thank you. Uh, and I uh, attended your session as well. And I stayed for the full time. And I can just say that I also agreed with everything that you said. So I hey, think we're uh, on the same page here. It's the Mutual Admiration Society. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> uh, I got into pricing somewhat by accident. Uh, most of my work today uh, is in helping companies achieve their strategic goals. And in doing so, I focus a lot on customers and in, in particular on customer values. And in working with a number of my clients, I've seen how an understanding of customer values not only affects their ability to build the right product uh, and also market and position their products, but it also greatly affects their ability to charge the right prices for their products. And it was through that focus on customer values that I kind of backed into uh, pricing and through a number of engagements with clients and by reading material, listening to podcasts, and getting myself up to speed, uh, I've found a strong connection between customer values and pricing and have realized how important pricing is and how big an impact pricing can have on a company's success. Well, I couldn't agree more with you. And, and I often think, because I've focused so much on pricing, I love the topic for so many different reasons, but I often think that pricing is business, right? So once you start digging into pricing, you start dealing with things like, how do you build value in a product? How do you market that value to the product? How do you sell that value through customers? Absolutely. And, and so it doesn't shock me at all that, that you got there if you're really paying attention to customers and customer value. Yes, and in, uh, in researching pricing, I've learned not only that pricing is important, but how important it is. Uh, studies have shown that a 1% improvement in your pricing can have a greater impact on a company's profits than a similar improvement in your cost of goods, in the volume that you sell, or in the reduction of your sales and administrative costs. It's pretty much the single most important thing that, uh, that you can improve. Oh, it is without a doubt, it, uh, without a doubt. So you said that you help companies with strategy and, and I assume that means really running the whole business. How, how big a companies, what type of companies? Uh, it's a full range of companies. My personal background is, uh, in business started with software development and I've 
co-founded three companies and sold one to Apple Computer and served in a wide range of roles uh, across companies of all sizes from startups through Fortune 500. Uh, and uh, what I do now is I help companies uh, achieve their strategic goals by working with the leadership, whether it's the corporate leadership or the product management leadership, to uh, to achieve those goals. And that can be companies that serve businesses uh, or consumers, and it's in a wide range of products and services. The principles around strategy and around understanding customers are pretty much universal. And problem solving is also universal. And so I help uh, combine my understanding of strategy and how businesses work with the company's superior expertise in their own market, their own business, their own practices. And together, we uh, work together to uh, achieve measurable growth. Do you find that you're mostly in the high tech space? Uh, originally, yes, but that's uh, becoming less and less true. Oh, really? Because we as pragmatic marketing, we almost are exclusively high tech. Mm. I'd, I'd love to hear a non-high tech story. What, who do you work for? If you can mention a, an industry, if not even a name. Sure. Uh, I'd like to keep my client uh, uh, information more, more confidential, but I, I worked with a chain of English language instruction schools that uh, provided English language training to people who visited from their campuses uh, throughout North America from countries around the world. And uh, that involved pricing work to help them price their, their products, which were not delivered via software. Wow, it's kind of, I'm, I'm just in my mind, I'm thinking it's like tutoring. We've got people actually doing the work and, and coaching people, kind of old fashioned. Uh, in many ways, it is an, uh, an old-fashioned business. It's person-to-person, -person, direct service, uh, you know, providing services to people who have a genuine desire to learn, and uh, they pay for that value. And in this particular case, we helped this uh, company that had been in business for decades uh, better understand its customers than it had previously and use that information to improve their pricing model which resulted in a year-over-year -year, uh, improvement in profitability of over 50% in a declining market. It, it is amazing to me how um, companies that don't have strategy, they just kind of go through the day-to-day the -day doldrums, here's how we do our job, and then they step back and say, wow, let's think about our customers and think about a strategy, that it just has such an amazing impact on their business. It's a phenomenal impact, and that uh, knowledge of the customer and uh, the understanding of what is important to them, what they care most about, can not only help you build a better product or an offering, a service, it can also help you position that in a way that attracts more customers and help you price to make sure that you're delivering the right product at the right price to the right segment of the market. Okay, let me put you on the spot for a second. If I could, if I could ask, you have one magic bullet in your quiver, in your uh, gun belt, I guess. What's the magic bullet? What do you use? Uh, the magic bullet that uh, we at MarketFit use is to 
conduct a series of in-depth customer interviews focused exclusively on understanding the customer and what they care about. We don't ask about our product. We don't ask about uh, the features that we have. We focus on the customer and learning about them and using the insight gained from those detailed, structured interviews, conversations, they last about an hour each, we learn things that could not be learned any other way. And that information is then targeted either to product development or marketing or pricing as appropriate. Uh, so certainly we agree with that a lot. Um, one of the things we teach in our classes is we, we tell people to go listen to specific groups of people. And we use the words customers, evaluators, and potentials. And so a customer is someone who already has the product. Exactly. Okay. With you there. Um, evaluators, we often talk about doing win-loss analysis. Um, so what did it look like when they made the decision? So it's more of a buying thing than it yep. is a using thing. Yes. And uh, similarly, we follow uh, uh, that same type of framework. Uh, customer values or values, people's values, are extremely context sensitive. You change the context, you have different values. Uh, and so a current customer is operating in a different context than an evaluator. So if you lump them together and average their responses, you may result in learning things that apply to neither of those groups. So that segmentation is critical to customer understanding. For any group that you want to understand, make sure it's as narrow as possible. That way it will in intensify the clarity of the signal uh, of what you learn and then move on to the next segment and learn about them. But combining them uh, will simply muddy the waters. Yeah. And so the more specific or narrow, as you put it, you could be in your market segment, the more accurate you're going to be able to make projections into that market segment. Doesn't that make sense? It makes a huge amount of sense. And yet it is surprising how rarely that is done. Uh, and that segmentation carries through not just from uh, understanding who the customers are, that segmentation carries through into the pricing as well. Yes. So don't you find that customers, your customers, when I say customers, I'm talking about your customers. Uh, don't you find that your clients are reluctant to say, I'm going to go after that market segment because they think they're leaving money on the table by not going after <laughs> everybody? Yes, the number of times that uh, I hear, oh, anybody can become our customer, our market is everybody, uh, is, uh, is more often than I like to hear. Uh, it sounds counterintuitive, but by narrowing your focus on a particular market segment, it has the effect of intensifying the desire within that segment. And by carefully tuning your message to each of those segments that are most important to you, and having multiple messages as necessary for each segment, you'll more strongly penetrate each segment and in aggregate have uh, greater penetration across a broader market than you would with one generic, one size fits all message. It's just surprising how, uh, how, how rare it is that people uh, who are responsible for these kind of decisions actually think through what, oh, it's for everybody sounds like. So how do you convince somebody of that? 
we use data. Uh, it's not up to me to, to passionately argue for something. When we can present uh, the voice of the customer and have, our, uh, have companies hear in their customers' own words uh, what makes it important you know, for them to make a buying decision, what drove their buying decision, what keeps them as a customer, what kept them from becoming a customer. Uh, when they hear things like that, uh, and they hear that there are different messages in different segments, the data makes it uh, pretty clear. Yeah, it's really hard to create that one overall message that says, buy from us, that has any impact at all. <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, people like to have a specific solution to their specific problem, and uh, a one-size-fits-all uh, rarely is best for anyone. Okay. Awesome. Let's let's talk a little bit more about price. I love product. I love all business. But let's talk a little bit more about pricing issues for a few minutes. Um, if you're on a pricing study itself, you need to go out and figure out how much somebody's willing to pay. How yeah. do you do that? Uh, well, it uh, starts with pricing strategy, and it is similarly surprising how rarely a company is explicit in choosing what their pricing strategy should be. Okay. Yeah, they I'm, want to sell I, more. I'm going to stop you for just a second. Sure. Um, can you help us understand, when you say the words pricing strategy, what are you talking about? Can you give us some alternatives, some choices? Sure. sure. Uh, it's simply a fact that a company cannot optimize simultaneously for things like market share, for revenue, or for profit. You pick one of those as your number one, the other ones can't also be number one. And if a company is clear about what their pricing strategy is, is it more important for them to gain market share or to profit uh, as much as they can from the share that they have? Is increasing revenue the most important thing? Pick one thing and then optimize for that. Okay, I'm with you. I, I just want to make sure I was understanding what you were saying. Sure, and in fact, uh, it's not just a thing for a product manager to do. Uh, it's great for a product manager or a product management team to develop the right strategy, but unless the entire company is aligned around that same strategy, uh, sales and sales compensation, for example, can undermine a strategy that's uh, focused on profit by giving discounts that are intended to, to increase market share, for example. So getting the entire company aligned around that single strategy is an important discussion to have. Yeah, so I, I agree with you 100% on this. What I usually tell people or teach people is that it's not the pricing person or even the product team's job to figure that out. It's almost always the CEO who says, here's the goal of the company. Yes. And, and once they hand us the goal, now we know what to go do. Absolutely. And you got to have that, that alignment. Goal. Yes. <laughs> we, we are in agreement, in agreement here. Yes. Uh, uh, there has to be that alignment throughout the company. And uh, in most companies, that comes from the CEO uh, in a top down uh, approach. Some uh, CEOs need to, to be prompted to, to make a choice. Yes. And uh, a product management team can uh, provide a role in that area as well. Yep, absolutely. And so they want to listen to their product team. They want to know what the possibilities are, what makes sense. But in the end, it's the executives that usually make a decision. So, sure. Absolutely. Okay. 
so we got the pricing strategy. Now we have a pricing strategy in place. Now how are we going to go figure out how to price? Well, uh, without uh, repeating ourselves too much, understanding the customers uh, <laughs> is a, uh, an important uh, component in developing your pricing model. Uh, understanding from your customer research what the segments are because that segmentation that comes from your customers and from their values is key to pricing optimization. Different segments have different ability and willingness to pay yep. and different customers or different segments get different amounts of value from potentially the exact same product. And so it's important to create segments and not have one size fits all pricing across all segments. Oh, I agree completely. I wish more companies would understand that we could charge different prices to different customers. Uh, if you if, if you want to optimize your company's pricing, this is just fundamental. Segmenting is instrumental in gaining maximum return. And uh, if you don't do that, you're stuck in what I call a pricing predicament. You set the price too low, your profit is low, and there are customers who would be willing to pay a whole lot more that you're simply not getting full return for, uh, for your offering. And yet if you raise the price, your one price, too high, you lose market share and you aren't getting any revenue from the larger portion of the market. And it's only by having multiple prices for multiple segments that you're able to have the right price at the right segment uh, across the, the full range of segments that you're serving. Yeah, once you step back and think about that, it makes all the sense in the world. But you know, it's, it's like most things, it's common sense, but you need someone to tell you. Indeed, indeed. But uh, you know, looking at market leaders, you can you can see that whether you walk into a Starbucks coffee shop or look online at uh, Apple computers uh, offerings in any of their product lines, there are multiple prices you can pay for a cup of coffee, and there are multiple prices you can pay for a phone or a computer, and it's not one size fits all. Yep, and, and these are successful companies. They're they're doing something right here. Uh, absolutely. I'm going to ask a really really hard question, and I know it's hard because I don't know the answer to it. Well, okay, maybe you do, and it's easy. I, I don't know if I do either, but uh, <laughs> fire away. Do you have a general methodology for determining which pricing model slash business model we should use in specific situations? Uh, there is a, an approach to determining that model that I use, uh, and uh, credit goes to Stephen Forth who introduced uh, this method to me, uh, and that is to identify what's called a value metric, uh, and that's a fancy name for the unit by which the customer measures value. Yes. Are they uh, making more transactions because of your product? Are they saving time because of your product? Are they getting more leads or having more uh, impressions of their ad because of your product? There is a unit by which a particular segment usually will measure the value that they receive. Maybe it's just that they make more money. 
but if you can identify uh, what that value metric is to them, uh, that is a starting point for determining your business model, your pricing model. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I usually don't say what, that they can measure, although I could see why you would say that. I usually think in terms of how do they receive value? Mm-hmm. So, so what's that thing that drives the value they actually receive? Yes. And then can we find something to charge for that's correlated with that thing? Exactly. <laughs> you and I are, uh, once again, uh, aligned on this. Uh, we call this the, the pricing metric. And the pricing metric is the unit by which you set a price. And so your goal is to, to find a pricing metric that closely tracks what your customer uh, uh, perceives as the value of the offering. Uh, an example of this is uh, across Apple's product line. Uh, within any particular type of product, you get more memory, uh, you pay more. Uh, some customers require more memory in their computer or phone, some don't. and. Uh, I think this is an example that uh, that you gave at uh, Product Camp Vancouver when you spoke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, so I would tie an example that I like a lot in this case is Xerox used to sell uh, copy machines by the copy. Mm-hmm. So that's a great example of why do you buy a copy machine? So that you can make copies. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> There is the value. Yes. So if you make more copies, you get more value. We charge more money. Life is good. Right? I mean, that's kind of the theory or the thought. Absolutely. And when you look at it that way, the theory aligns directly into practice. Uh-huh. Uh, it can be uh, sometimes a challenge to identify the value metric, uh, in which case, again, talking to the customers, understanding how they perceive value is one good way to, uh, to determine that. Yeah, I love the fact that you spent, you always come back to, let's go talk to the customers, right? I mean, that's got to be the right answer, and, and not enough people do that. Well, they say the customer is always right, but uh, <laughs> too often we sit in product design meetings or pricing meetings and say, well, I think this and I think that. Uh, and it's too rare that someone says, the customers think this. Uh, and it's nice when that, when that can happen, when there is uh, actual real customer data to back that up. Yes. So the customer is always right, but you have to listen to know. Yes. Yes. It's, it's, uh, it's not enough to make it up because uh, the number of times that what we think customers think uh, does not match what they actually are thinking is far more often than, than one might think. Yes. Okay, Alan, I got one last question. Nothing to do with pricing, but it was interesting on your LinkedIn page. What is Circus West and how can I play? <laughs> uh, circus West is a wonderful uh, circus school here in Vancouver, British Columbia, in Canada, and they train in a non-competitive environment uh, children up through adults in circus skills, leading to performance, and it is a wonderful uh, team-building, confidence-boosting, athletic social, creative, artistic uh, venture that's a nonprofit uh, association that builds confidence in kids 
and my own children went through the program. I was honored to be able to uh, volunteer for the organization and serve on the board, and uh, it's a thriving organization. Nice. And so you and I are about the same age. Do you go do the activities? Do you swing on the trapeze and all those things? <laughs> uh, I think uh, with, with uh, the way my, my knees and joints are, that's uh, I'm beyond that age. But uh, they do offer those skills uh, and that training in a very supportive and safe environment for not only children, but adults as well. And uh, I've been tempted, but... Uh, have not actually been on the uh, on the trapeze. Oh, I just had this huge smile on my face imagining <laughs> this. Right? <laughs> uh, I think my own children would uh, would laugh at the thought. Their their skills far exceeded whatever whatever I would be able to uh, to achieve. But it's great watching all, all their performances and the artistic uh, uh, creativity that goes into to putting the, in the into the into the performances. Oh, that's really neat. Really neat. Alan, thanks so much for your time today. If, if, if somebody wants to contact you, how can they do that? Uh, probably the best way is through my website at MarketFit. It's www.marketfit.com. That's one word, marketfit.com. Perfect. And to our listeners, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Uh, we always like to hear from you. We welcome your questions or suggestions. Send any comments you have to experts at pragmaticmarketing.com. And don't forget to join us for the next episode of Pragmatic Live. Mm-hmm.